There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast this Wednesday. We thank the Lord for the services we've been involved in this week at the Shippensburg Independent Baptist Church. We plan on running still through Friday, 7 p.m. each night. And the Lord has blessed, the Lord has sent in visitors, the Lord has sent people in to hear the preaching of the Word of God. We thank the Lord for the church, thank the Lord for Brother and Sister Wagner, and open up the church for us to come preach, opportunity to preach near our home. We've invited friends, family, neighbors, and it's a great opportunity for them. This is one of the closest meetings we've ever had near our home, and people can easily drive there, they can ride along with us if need be. So I'd ask you to pray, pray that the Lord would send in some of our neighbors, especially. We've invited them to come. We've offered them the opportunity to come here, the preaching of the Word of God, and what a privilege it is to be able to preach to family, friends, neighbors, loved ones, and then to the saints of God. What a great blessing that is for us. Pray for our services here in Shippensburg, and then continue to pray as we go into the weekend. We'll be heading to Black Creek, New York. And uh, preaching at the Black Creek Baptist Church. We'll be meeting there all next week with Brother R.G. Rose, possibly some morning services as well as the evening services at 7 o'clock each evening. And then from there, the McVeighs continue on to the state of Maine. And so we need prayer. My voice needs prayer. I'd appreciate you praying. Uh, if I don't exert myself too much on the podcast, I need to save a little bit for tonight uh, for the preaching of the Word of God. It's just pray that my voice would hold up, pray for physical strength. And then if you would, a, a special request, and again, I don't do this very often. I try not to be too personal with things on the podcast, but this is something dear to us. But my stepdad, Bill McEwen, uh, he's the, the husband of my mother, and he's just had some health problems over the years and different things, and it's just not doing very well. My mom has some decisions she needs to make. Uh, Bill needs a touch from God, needs a strength from God, and I just ask you if you would pray for Bill McEwen. We certainly would appreciate that. We're in Psalm 104 today. And looking at Psalm 104, and again, it kind of echoes what Psalm 103 we know is a Psalm of David, but Psalm 104 does not tell us who it is. But when you read the writings, it certainly sounds like David. We're not going to wrongfully say it is David. We're just going to leave it for what it is. But he starts off in Psalm 104, bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. And so again, he begins an ex exaltation of the Lord. He begins by exalting the Savior. He begins by telling us how wonderful he is, how marvelous he is. He's very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. And then he says in verse 2, Who covereth thyself with light as with a garment, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. John told us God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And my friend, if we'll come to that light, if we'll walk in that light, 
And if we'll come to the light of Jesus Christ, we'll not walk in darkness. But the reason men don't, we even preached the other night here at the church, we preached in that very idea, men do not come to the light because they, their deeds are evil. They love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And yet God is trying to reprove those deeds. God is trying to correct those things in men. He's a faithful God. He's a holy God. And he is light. He's the light of the world in the person of Jesus Christ. And he says, who covers thyself with light as with a garment, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters, who maketh the clouds his chariot, who walketh upon the wings of the wind. This is not a question, this is a statement. And again, there's colons all through there in verse 3, and it's interesting because uh, that one verse has at least three distinct sentences in it, and then uh, verse 4 has another distinct sentence. Verse 5 is a distinct sentence. And so again, we look at verse 2, who covers thyself with light as with a garment, colon, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, colon, verse 3, who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters, colon, who maketh the clouds his chariot, colon, who walketh upon the wings of the wind, colon, who maketh his angel spirits, semicolon, his ministers of flaming fire. What a wonderful Savior he is. What a marvelous Savior he is. What a beautiful Bible he's given us. You see, there's a colon at the end of flaming fire, and it says, who laid the foundations of the earth, that it should not be removed forever. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is speaking of the Lord himself. Colossians told us, for by him, verse 16 in Colossians 1, were all things created. Who's that? His dear son, Jesus Christ. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the great creator. He is the great I am of scripture. And so we see the marvelous workings of God. We see that he has taken and he has taken the mountains, he's taken the seas, he's taken all of creation, it's his own, it belongs to him, he'll do as he will with it. We know that sin is martyred, we know that sin has caused it to groan, it's awaiting its own redemption one day, and by the way, there will be a redemption for this world, there will be a redemption for this earth, there will be a redemption for this creation, glory be to God. And he goes on, he says, that then go up by the mountains, they go down by the valleys of the place which thou hast founded for them. What is he speaking of? Well, he's speaking of the waters that stood above the mountains. For he said in verse 6, Thou coverest it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. That's the earth in the water, out of the water. He tells us that. At thy rebuke they fled. At the voice of thy thunder they hasted away. At the voice of the Lord himself, we see that God separated these things. In verse 9 of Genesis 1, and God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together the waters called he sees, and God saw that it was good. That is the place where the Lord said, The waters stood above the mountains, at thy rebuke they fled, at the voice of thy thunder they hasted away. Then go up by the mountains, they go down by the valleys under the place which thou hast founded for them. That's the Lord. That's his working. He set a water course for them. He said in verse 9, Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over, that they turn not again to cover the earth. Job said on this wise in Job 38, and I read a couple of verses here in Job. 
But of that same matter, he said, who hath divided a water course for the overflowing of waters? That's Job 38, 25. Or a way for the lightning of thunder to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness wherein is no man, to satisfy the desolate and waste ground and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. So we know that the Lord divided the water course for the overflowing of waters. God caused a way for the lightning and for the thunder. The psalmist said on this wise, he said, Thou hast said he bound, they will not pass over. That's the waters. He said, abound for these waters. He established the water course. He put the rivers in their beds. He put the creeks and the streams amongst the rocks. He set their way that they turn not again to cover the earth. The Lord controls the water. The Lord controls the floods. Boy, people today talk about the melting of the polar ice caps, and what a joke that is, that man would even have that power to melt the ice caps, that man could even devise such a scheme to melt the polar ice, and they show how much it's receding and how much it's melted, and yet if you look at the numbers, California ought to be flooded, and Iceland ought to be underwater, and the coast of the United States ought to be experiencing flooding every day, but the polar ice caps are not melting as they say. God controls the water course. God established the water course. And he did that to send rain upon the earth. He did that that he might rain in a desolate land that the herb or the tender herb would spring forth. He said in verse 10, he sent it the springs into the valleys which run among the hills. So he established a water course. He said abound for the waters that they may not pass over. They turn not again to cover the earth. Then he sent it the springs into the valleys which run among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild asses quench their thirst. God is merciful. God is kind. God reveals himself through these things. He's established these water courses. He's put the streams up in the mountains and the wild asses can go and they can drink and be satisfied. And God sends that water where he will. And God sends that water how he will. By them shall the fowls of the heaven have their habitation which sing among the branches. Why? Because he sends that water upon the earth. That tender herb springs forth. It rises up and becomes a great tree. He watereth the hills from his chamber, in verse 13. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of thy works. Amos chapter 9 and verse 6. The Lord simply tells us, It is he that builded his stories in the heaven and hath founded his troop in the earth. He that calleth for the waters of the sea and poureth them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. And so he tells us the Lord calls for these waters, and then he poureth them out upon the face of the earth. Job explained how God does that. The book of Job, the Lord himself speaking to Job, explains these matters to Elihu, and he says on this wise, in verse 26 of Job 36, Behold, God is great, and we know him not. Neither can the number of his years be searched out. For he maketh small the drops of water. They pour down rain according to the vapor thereof, which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. So what takes place? God calls the waters out of the seas. And when God calls the waters out of the seas, then God calls it to rain upon that desolate land. He's established that water course he said in Psalm 135 and 7, He causeth the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightnings for the rain. He bringeth the wind out of his treasuries. 
That's the Lord. That's the Lord of hosts. That's Jesus Christ, our creator. So again, he makes small the drops thereof, according to the vapor thereof. Scientific law explains much of that, and I believe it's right in how it explains it. There are a couple of laws in play. One is the law of condensation. That's when a warm particle of air containing a bit of moisture comes in contact with a cold surface. It releases that vapor. That's what we call distillation. That distillation, that vapor is then released. It's why on a hot summer day, if you have a nice glass of ice water, eventually the humidity in the air is going to be released onto the outside of that glass. It's not that the glass is leaking, but no, it's the law of condensation. And then there's that law of evaporation. God calls those waters out of the sea. How does that happen? It evaporates. When that warm air comes across the surface of the sea, that warm air ascends into the heavens. It is there that it forms the clouds. It's there that drop by drop, those little particles of water join together to form the vapor thereof. The vapor then becomes great clouds in the heavens. And then God calls those clouds. And of course, they're, they're under bands that they rend not. But God calls those clouds and they distill upon the face of the earth abundantly. That distillation is one drop at a time. Every single raindrop is under control of Almighty God. And yet in one thunderstorm, there will be billions of raindrops. I think of the hurricane just the other week and the billions and billions of raindrops that fell from the heavens. And every single one of them was under the hand of Almighty God. Those clouds did not rend that they fell. They did not fall from the heavens for God had his hand upon those clouds. He had put bands upon them and he called that water from the seas and he watered that dry earth and he watered that dry land. The rain fell in abundance. It did still upon the earth abundantly. That's the holiness of God. That's the marvel of God. This creation is his marvel. Again, verse 6, the water stood above the mountains. At thy rebuke they fled. At the voice of thy thunder they hasted away. They go up by the mountains. They go down by the valleys unto the place which thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over, that they turn not again to cover the earth. That's the covenant he's made with Noah that he again would never destroy this earth with water. And no matter how severe floods may be, no matter how severe storms may be, God is never going to destroy this earth again with water because of a promise he made to that faithful man, Noah, that man of God, Noah. He said he sent the springs into the valleys, which run among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild asses quench their thirst. By them shall the fowls of the heaven have their habitation, which sing among the branches. He watereth the hills from his chambers. What a faithful Savior. What a wonderful God to send that rain upon the just and the unjust alike. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of thy works. And then it says, he causeth the grass to grow for the cattle and herb for the service of man, that he may bring forth food out of the earth. You know, the book of Deuteronomy told us that and made it spiritual, made us to understand the spiritual blessing. When he said, give ear, O ye heavens, in chapter 32, and I will speak and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. So the word of God also does as the rain from heaven. It's that great example for us. It's one drop at a time, but the word of God falls where it may. It falls upon that desolate land. According to Job 38, to satisfy the desolate and waste ground and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. 
That's the faithfulness of God. That's the faithfulness of the word of God. That's the picture that we see there. That word of God distills upon the face of the earth. That dew comes upon the ground. The word Psalm 72, 6 said, He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that water the earth. And so he does for man. He sends that, that herb upon the earth. He grows that herb with the rain that falls from the heavens that God has called from the seas. God's in control of these things. And my friend, we see the faithfulness of God. We see the faithfulness of our creator. We see the holiness of God that God would consider man and all of his wickedness and all of his plight and his sin and his calamity and the destruction of himself. Yet God would be merciful to send him the rain that he might have herb to eat. He might have herbs for the service of man that he may bring forth food out of the earth. God has still sustained us with that food. God is still bringing that food out of the earth to sustain his creation. That's a marvelous working of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless his holy name. That's how the psalmist started this psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. I pray as we've feebly done our best to try to examine this psalm, that you would see the greatness of Almighty God that you would see the wonderful working of God through the word of God. Pray for us. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing, on the podcast. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church. 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth nigh. Child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.